0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast. Bill Resetti of Panthers. Why I hit you guys back up here on Thursday, August 2nd, the first day of the NFL preseason. Can you believe we finally made it through the long offseason without football? We have a game tonight to, to actually watch and talk about instead of just practice and off-field stuff. Tonight we'll actually be watching – Two real teams play on a real football field when the Ravens take on the Bears. Obviously, being the Hall of Fame game, you're not going to see a lot of the starters too much. Um, Some starters, you probably won't see at all. Like for the Ravens, uh, don't expect to see Joe Flacco. You'll, You'll likely see either Robert Griffin III or, of course, rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson. I think that's the one thing a lot of people are very excited about tonight is the fact that they're going to get to see Lamar Jackson in action for the first time on an NFL field, uh, for Chicago. Of course, you'll probably see a little bit of Mitchell Trubisky Uh, probably won't see too much of their new offense though. Uh, I think if Trubisky plays, it's probably just going to be one start or one series, I should say, but nonetheless, it's going to be real fun to see, see a lot of these young players, um, you know, Again, the Ravens quarterback battle, especially seeing the return of Robert Griffin III, is exciting too. Uh, didn't play at all in 2017, so seeing him back on the, on the NFL field as well is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, whether the comeback story will continue and whether he actually makes it onto this 53-man roster is another story, but nonetheless, uh, just seeing him back on the field is, is going to be fun. Uh, so just, just talk a couple notes here. Uh, not really going to dive too much into the media observations. Just We'll just do a couple roster notes and then a couple other things. There's a couple stories uh, that came out that I want to talk about a little bit. There was a story about David Tepper uh, and, and the Charlotte Observer, David Tepper, and the MLS expansion, or at least – kind of a connection there so kind of talk about that and then this will be off subject but I do want to talk a little bit later in the show too about the events happening well, to put the term nicely at Ohio State so we'll get that into a little bit. Uh, so first we'll just talk quick about the roster notes from yesterday Uh, Curtis Samuel and Brian Cox Jr. both were taken off the PUP list. They both passed their physicals, and they're now back in action, so good to see them. Uh, We didn't expect them to be on the the PUP list too long. Again, Samuel practiced pretty much all spring for the most part. Uh, This is just kind of precautionary to start him on the PUP, give him a little bit of rest before he got activated, and then... Same thing with Brian Cox. Um, again, like, likely just giving them time to rest, giving them a couple days off. Now they're both now they're both back, ready to go. We'll see how ready they'll be if they'll be able to play next Thursday in the preseason opener against Buffalo. They do still have a week before the preseason opener. Uh, as as I'm recording, they are in the middle of practice today, and then tomorrow is Fan Fest. Panthers' first appearance at Bank of America Stadium. That practice Friday night. Then they'll have Saturday off. Practice Sunday, Monday, Tuesday next week. Wednesday is their travel day. And then Thursday is when they will be in Buffalo for the preseason opener at the Bills. Off Friday and then three more days of practice. And then the training camp will be broken. Training camp will be over and then it will just be full go essentially back essentially the regular practice schedule as going through the rest of the preseason schedule. So again, we'll see how ready they'll be if if those two or how much they'll play next week against the Bills. So those two players were back, but there were two players that did not practice on Wednesday and that was Rashawn Golden and Jason Vanderland. Golden dealing with a thigh issue. Vanderland with a shoulder issue. But they were the only two that did not play. Uh, Rashawn Golden actually was on the exercise bike for most of practice. Uh, just a couple other quick notes. Uh, Quick, too, obviously, of course, the news about Ross Cockrell coming out yesterday. They did place him on injured reserve, and again, there's a good chance that he is done for the season. The Panthers did claim Adam Bisnowati, the former pit offensive tackle, former sixth round pick of the Giants in 2017, actually started the game, started week 17 for the Giants last season. And then spent the offseason in Detroit. He was waived after the season by the Giants. Signed with the Lions, but was recently, but was just placed on waivers by the Lions. Panthers actually claimed Biznawadi. So another another body there on the offensive tackle for the Panthers. Uh, Biznawadi, he was kind of up and down in college. Wasn't really highly touted, but as kind of a backup piece here a little bit of depth right now at least in the camp roster. Uh not not a bad pickup. Obviously, the the space was there with Cockrell going to IR cuz with this, this kind of injury, and like I talked about yesterday, with IR now it's 8 weeks, not 8 games. So the, early, the earliest you'll see Cockrell is what, late October, early November and he may not even be be ready for then. He's, pro- he's probably he, he very well could be out for for the entire season. Time will tell. Uh, and then just a couple no- notes. Uh, there was a lot of love for Dante Jackson. He seemed to have one of the one of his best days of camps thus far. A lot of highlights. He was going up against DJ Moore a little bit. Taylor Heineke got some reps with the second team. But at least o- overall. Uh, It seemed like another pretty solid day. Obviously, some some down moments. Uh, One note was that special teams coordinator Chase Blackburn wasn't happy with some of the energy in one of the drills. But overall, it seemed like both sides, again, did did pretty well. I mean, for the most part, I think you would say the Panthers are, are looking pretty decent. And we'll see how some of these young guys do next week when it comes to actually hitting another team, uh, seeing some of these rookies like Moore and Galdon, Jackson, how they do an actual NFL action for the first time next week. So that'll certainly be something to look forward to. So I'll take a quick break from the NFL talk and talk quick about how we always want to find time to go to the gym and how it would be nice to bring the gym and a professional trainer Home to us? Well, you can with NordicTrack. They have a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength. You can join high-energy, streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out the door. Join streamed workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand. Or you can work out on the African safari. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. So here's a special offer for our locked on listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting NordicTrack.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. Again, that's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K dot lockedon slash locked on and use the offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your purchase. So a couple of stories now I want to touch on quick here, too. One is about the latest uh, social awareness activity, I guess we'll call it, surrounding the NFL, and that's hashtag schools, not prisons, in which a couple of the Panthers players have also been a part of, including wide receiver Tory Smith, cornerback Captain Munderland, and safety... Mike Adams, Uh, a bunch of players from a few different teams have also been wearing these shirts lately as well, including Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles, Deron Harmon of the Patriots, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Matthew Slater, Uh, and and if you look at the shirt, it says nearly 5,000 kids are in adult prisons and jails, hashtag schools, not prisons, uh, Tory Smith was actually asked about this after practice yesterday. He said, quote, we're building more prisons than we are schools. There are a lot of areas where the schools just aren't up to par. It's one of the many things guys are fighting for in the community each and every week. I know specifically where I was in Baltimore, they're building new prisons. But if you walk into a school, it basically looks like a prison in a lot of ways. They don't have what they need. They don't have the resources. It's just something to bring attention to a particular subject and to get people talking about it, unquote. Uh, He also went on to say, you'd rather spread a message without it being conflicting. It's not controversial, so you're spreading a message without having people take their words and run with it in another direction. And kind of talking about how, of course, the whole national anthem policy and the protesting and how it's not about the anthem or the military. Listen, I'm not here to get all political. I'm I'm just kind of relaying what had been talked about recently, but that's, you know, you you guys could have your your opinion. I'll keep mine to myself for now. I, I don't want this to get too controversial here. I, I don't really like stepping into politics, so I'm not really going to touch on that, but uh, in any event, I think this is at least good that they're still coming out and talking about things like this and finding different ways to talk about it, you know, more than just, kneeling on the sideline or some players might stay in the locker room during the anthem this season, whatever the case may be. I mean it is good that a lot a lot of these players are being active with schools and trying to get these young communities give them better resources, give them better just really help them in whatever they need to be successful, both you know in life and their community Whatever the case they be. So uh, in it, it, it it's definitely a good look to to help in, in ways like this. Again, how how you guys think about some of these messages or whatever the case may be, that that's on you, you know, respect for your opinion. Uh, something else that was also of note about and obviously this isn't really American football, but if you talk to some people, they still call it football, of course, and that's soccer. The fact that Charlotte is in the running to be to host one of the new teams as the MLS is looking to expand. Uh, there's talk that Charlotte, or there's talk that the MLS is looking to expand to two teams, or, or expand by two teams. In fact, because uh, I know recently, I I believe Cincinnati has gotten a team. I think Nashville has gotten a team. There was talk that Charlotte was Charlotte was in trouble to get one of the expansion teams, but Don Garber, the commissioner of Major League Soccer, spoke at the MLS All-Star Game in Atlanta and talked about Charlotte as well as Raleigh as their potential expansion markets, and Garber spoke highly of the Panthers, including... New owner David Tepper and talked about Tepper's interest in bringing an MLS team to a renovated Bank of America stadium or its replacement, as the article says, uh, caught Garber's attention. Garber said, quote, we're intrigued by Charlotte. We're well aware of David Tepper's interest. And obviously, that's a great development for the city, for their football team, for their fans. The fact that he's interested in MLS is a positive. We've also had lots of interest from Raleigh. Steve Malik, who owns the NWSL and the USL team in that market, is here this weekend. He's a big, close friend of the league and is focused on perhaps MLS in that city. So it goes into the hopper to try to figure out how the the path to 28 gets realized. I'm, I'm not the biggest soccer fan. I did follow the World Cup. Uh, I did, you know, so I followed and thought it was pretty neat that a, a country like Croatia was able to get all the way to the to the World Cup final. Certainly. A lot of interest was down, just for the fact that the United States did not make it. Now, granted, I am very excited that the World Cup is coming to the United States in 2026. You know, we'll see. I I don't, I don't recall if Charlotte is one of the host potential host cities. I'm actually looking that up right now. No, it's not. Charlotte's not on the on the list to be one of the potential host cities in 2026. I'll just run through them quick. Atlanta, Baltimore, Boston, Cincinnati, Dallas, Denver, Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Miami, Nashville, New York, New Jersey, which, by the way, MetLife Stadium, they are expected to host the final that year. Orlando, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. You also have the three cities, each in Canada and Mexico, which will eventually be cut down to, I believe, a list of 13 teams or 16, 16 cities. Sorry, uh, but for those that are fans of soccer, you know, if, if you if you're down there in that area, it it's, it certainly could be good. You can you can see that how the MLS is expanding. Uh, like I said, I believe recently expanded. I think sh- like I said, I think sh- Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati's going to get a team in 2019, and then you'll also have two teams coming in 2020 in Miami and Nashville, and then they're also looking potentially at expansion in 2022. Uh, Detroit's on the list, Sacramento's on the list, San Diego's on the list. As we're seeing here, Raleigh and Charlotte are, are very much in the mix, so... Again, if you're a soccer fan, that's certainly something to keep tabs on. Before we jump back in to wrap things up, we want to thank another of our great sponsors over at Vivid Seats. Hey, fans, the Hall of Fame game between the Bears and the Ravens takes place tonight, and that means the start of the NFL regular season is right around the corner. This season, don't sit around watching the Panthers from home when you can be at Bank of America Stadium in the crowd cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Panthers listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. Preseason and regular season games and tickets are available now. The Panthers kick off their home schedule on Sunday, September 9th, Against the Dallas Cowboys, and you can be there for all the excitement. Go go to vividseats.com and/or download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for 10% off your first order. The off season is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game.
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So last thing I want to talk about today, like I said, it's away from the Panthers, away from the NFL, but I want to touch on the Ohio State story. First of all, I want to talk about the man that broke the story, Brett McMurphy. Uh, The fact that he broke the story on Facebook is just, number one, crazy. Because uh, he doesn't really have an outlet to write for anymore. He used to be with ESPN, was arguably one of the best, if not the best, college football reporter that ESPN had, and ESPN laid him off, partly because they want to focus on all these debate shows like First Take and whatnot. But you know that's another story. You know, so the the work that he put in to break a story like this and post it on Facebook is just a a tremendous look for how good brett is and how how great he is at his job so that's number one but obviously the main issue is the story itself and it involves of course the ohio state university and more importantly head head football coach urban meyer brett mcmurphy wrote text messages i have obtained An exclusive interview with the victim and other information I have learned shows Ohio State coach Urban Meyer knew in 2015 of domestic abuse allegations against a member of his coaching staff. Courtney Smith, ex-wife of fired Ohio State assistant coach Zach Smith, provided text messages between her and the wives of Ohio State coaches, including Urban Meyer's wife Shelly, showing Meyer's knowledge of the situation. Obviously, he, he talked a lot more about... About the allegation, but that's that's the big thing is that he he's reporting that thanks to all the text messages that he got and he even posted a couple photos on his Facebook claiming that Urban Meyer knew of the allegations of the abuse allegations from Zach Smith, who of course was recently fired from Ohio State. If you want to read the entire, because it's basically a long a long form article on his Facebook so you could just search search him on Facebook Brett McMurphy It's sad you know and he, he also noted Brett also noted how Urban Meyer based, said as recently as I think last week during Big 10 media days um how he had no idea about the allegations basically denying That he knew. Meyer said last week during Big Ten Media Days that he had no knowledge of two alleged domestic violence incidents in 2015 with former system wide receivers coach Zach Smith that were investigated by the Powell Police Department. Meyer said had he known he would have fired Smith in 2015 three years before he did last week after Brett reported the alleged domestic violence. If this is true, you know, I, of course, we're, we're we live in a society now where you're guilty until proven innocent. But I, th- I think we still there's still certainly some facts and some qu- that need to be revealed, some questions that need to be answered. But the, if all this is true, that's a bad look for Ohio State. That's a bad look for Urban Meyer. Now, the university has already placed Urban Meyer on administrative leave. Ryan Day, the offensive coordinator. Has taken over as acting head coach. If this if this is all true, Ohio State absolutely has to fire Urban Meyer. This is it, it's just sickening. And I watched, and I'm a Penn State alum, so I, I don't want this to come off, but I'm as like hating Ohio State because I I don't really I obviously respect the program, but I'm. I'm going to use Penn State as, a, as an example, too, because everybody was jumping on Penn State when the story came out that Jerry Sandusky was molesting the players and boy, or the boys rather, not the players. Jerry Sandusky is molesting the boys, and the allegations were that Joe Paterno knew about it and did nothing about it, and everybody was harping on Penn State, including a lot of. Ohio State fans. Now this story comes out and you know you, you don't want to say this is them getting a taste of their own medicine, but this is just as serious of a matter as what happened at Penn State. Dom- domestic violence should never happen. You know, I would never put my hands on a female in such a way it's disrespectful it's it's wrong it's it's terrible and the fact that these kind of photos are coming out for for an assistant coach at one of the biggest programs in college football, I mean let's face it, Ohio State obviously is up there with at least just the name recognitions with the Alabama's with the Michigan's, Notre Dame, all that, so for for this to happen at, at such a prominent school, you know, and I, and I was watching first take a little bit this morning, and they they were talking about the story, and they were talking about Paul Feinbaum, and Feinbaum talked about how, and, and they you know, they obviously brought up Brett McMurphy and. He even came out and said how Brett McMurphy used to work at ESPN and this is broken by a former ESPN employer breaking the story on Facebook. He mentioned how this likely might not have happened – a story like this probably wouldn't be broken by a beat reporter or a a writer or reporter pretty close to the program because – they probably wouldn't have a job for long, suggesting that some of these pl- some of these papers, some of these outlets, are so tied with the program that they would put the value of the football program itself over, say, their own reputation or whatever the case. They be. They also mentioned I, I forget who was talking. T- I think it might have been Will Kane who was filling in. It as host mentioned about the media access portion of it as well, or as, me, access aspects of it. And that they would still like to talk to urban Meyer, you know, the, these player or these reporters wouldn't want to undermine that ability as well for the sake of getting the story out there. I mean, for Brett McMurphy, he has nothing to lose. It's not working anywhere. He's doing this all on his own, and again, the fact that he did do all this on his own and created a story as big as this on his own is just a testament to how great Brett is at his job. But again, he had everything to gain and nothing to lose. So like I said, if, if all this is true, I, I think Urban's got to go So, you know we, we saw like, going back to Penn State, Joe Paterno was the legendary coach. But this story couldn't save him. He wanted to retire on his own at the end of that season, but the Board of Trustees didn't even let him make it that far. They fired him before the end of the regular season. Now, obviously, of course, unfortunately, a couple months later is when Joe Paterno passed away. But nonetheless, the school and it could have been from a lot of public backlash as well, too, that the board just up and made the decision to fire Joe Paterno. We'll see what happens at Ohio State. Again, there's likely still a lot of questions that have to be answered, but overall, it's not a good look right now for Ohio State in what's expected to be a very strong season. There's a lot of a lot of people out there saying that this team is potentially a playoff team again, or they're going to be right there in in the playoff mix with Alabama with Clemson you know Georgia up there as well so for a story like this to break just a month before the start of the regular season for the Buckeyes is a huge black eye right now so we'll we'll see what happens down the line so with that I think we'll wrap things up here uh as always appreciate you guys listening um and appreciate the ratings, whether they're good or bad. Uh, I, I do see them, and I appreciate the feedback, and I always welcome more feedback. I, I want to know what you guys think I could do to be better at this, uh, how, how I can improve, how I can make this uh, a great experience for all of us. Uh, you can, as always, you can find me on Twitter, at Bill underscore that's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next time right here on the Locked On Panthers podcast.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.